You know, I don't think I would have liked attending a wedding banquet in Jesus' day. (laughs) From the moment that you walk in and take off your sandals, everyone is sizing you up. And you have to do the same with them. Hmm, I think I'm better than he is. But that guy might have me beat, so I'd better take a spot at the table lower than him. All this jockeying for position is stressful as you're forced to take a self-inventory of your worth relative to those around you, even as you try to guess what the host thinks of you. Meanwhile, as you're standing there trying to figure out where to go, the other guests have already rushed over to the best spots to claim them. But if you can assess your status level quickly, you would then move to a spot at the table and lie down. You see, at these banquets, at these banquets, the tables were low to the ground and arranged in a U-shaped formation. Servants could come in at the open end with food, while guests reclined around the outside on soft mats, resting on their left elbow and angled towards the table so they could reach for food with their right hand. It doesn't really sound comfortable, does it? <laughs> About the worst thing that could happen after you have finally settled yourself in for the meal, would be for the host to approach you in front of everyone and say, yeah, you're going to have to move. Suddenly realizing your error, your miscalculation of the evening's pecking order, your face flushes red with humiliation as you scramble to sit, then stand up, gathering your robes about you and shuffling over to the lowest spot, the only one left. And even if you deserved a higher place than that, it's too late. You're so embarrassed. And the other guests are quiet, looking down at their pita bread. So grateful it wasn't them. While some smart aleck mutters, awkward, under his breath. The whole scenario was enough to ruin your appetite. But Jesus offers a simple solution in today's gospel reading. Sit at the lowest spot to begin with. Then when the host notices the absurdity of your placement, he will tap your foot and invite you higher up, at which point you can spring up from your mat, gather your robes, and do a victory strut to your new position, while all the other guests look on in envy. Problem solved. Except not quite. Because isn't Jesus, in fact, sort of telling his listeners to act with humility? just so they can be rewarded with the honor of moving higher up at the table? That doesn't sound like something he would advise or condone. Well, what we have to remember is the context of this parable. Those wedding banquets had a formality to them that we don't completely understand with our 21st century Western mindset. What your host thought of you and of your relationship to him was embedded within the invitation to a banquet. The quality of the food that was served, your placement at the table, whether you accepted the invitation at all because it meant you would have to reciprocate with an invite to a banquet of equal or greater value. Each aspect of the banquet served to cement or weaken your affiliation with this person and his family. So it was a dance of manners and social cues and you had no choice but to follow. So when Jesus asks the other guests to buck tradition and practice real humility 
putting themselves in the lowest spot at the table, it's actually, it's actually a big request. He's not just offering a clever way to avoid sitting too high up and being told to move. It's actually not an easy thing for them to degrade themselves within this rigid structure on which their reputation is based. But Jesus is inviting them to undermine and reject the whole system of hierarchy and formality, this dance of manners, because only then can real relationship be possible. Then Jesus takes it a step further. He turns to his host and says, you know, for your next banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, because they can't repay you. Stop having parties whose purpose is to obligate others to invite you to their soiree. Instead, be real and show you care by feeding those who cannot possibly scratch your back in return. These same people, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, were not even allowed to worship in the temple. They weren't allowed to partake of the sacrificial table. So in effect, Jesus is exhorting these Pharisees to demonstrate to those outcasts that God really does care for them. He's inviting them to practice compassion. So that's what I think is going on in today's gospel reading. Not just humility, not just working the system, but an invitation to true relationship, to the compassion that blossoms when we throw off expectations of who's in and who's out, who's high or who's low in the pecking order. If you've ever been to a, a conference or on a group retreat, or as I'm doing in a few weeks on a pilgrimage with 15 other people where you'll be sitting in restaurants every evening, or to any gathering of any gathering where meals are shared in a common dining room, like high school or grade school, for instance. If you've ever been in any of those situations, you may have experienced that moment when, having collected your meal from the food line, you turn to look for a place to sit. At one table, all the fun, cool people are seated together, as usual. But there's still one open seat left. At another table sit... Two disheveled introverts, alone, not talking to one another, but just chewing their lunch and staring off into space. Now, where will you sit? Or just to be annoying, I'll ask, where would Jesus sit? <laughs> I know where I'd sit, with the cool kids. If I sit there, I'll laugh, hear a bit of gossip, and maybe get to know some fascinating people. But what if that last remaining seat at their table is being saved for someone else and I'm rebuffed and have to skulk away in embarrassment? Would it be better to sit at the other table and risk feeling like an outcast by association to try and engage these two introverts in conversation or to pray that somehow the other table invites me to join them? It's so petty, but you know, true confession, I go through this scenario almost every time I attend a clergy conference. <laughs> Who am I going to sit with? And I know I am not alone in this. High school never ends for some of us, it seems. <laughs> with this little story, I am trying to point to something larger. You see, it's tempting to disdain those Pharisees for their rigid system of table hierarchy. But the truth is, we can practice exclusivity in our own lives. 
Pecking orders spring up wherever two or more are gathered. Cliques form despite our best efforts. Inner circles are almost inevitable. We don't need formal wedding banquet protocols to put people around us in their place. We tell them in so many little ways whether they are welcomed at the feast. What a shame that is. Because I'll bet that most of us, in varying circumstances and at some point in our lives, have been relegated to that table of outcasts. So we know what it feels like. What Jesus tells us this morning is as hard for us to hear as it was for his original audience. Forget your status and your perceived reputation. Break down all and any of those barriers that you erect between yourself and other people. Humble yourself. Remember how hard it was for you when you were outcast? Then cast out no one. Those introverts sitting alone are just as precious to God as each cool person at that lively table. Try sitting with them, not out of pity or in the hope of some reward. Do it because you never know when you might be entertaining angels unawares. Encountering them could open up your life creating a space for grace to enter more fully. When we manage to create a sense of inclusive hospitality, we rehearse for the heavenly banquet here on earth, a feast where no one is misplaced and all are seated in the place of honor. May we strive for such a feast in our world. Amen.